Yeah, well, you know us. When we screw ourselves, we like to go whole hog. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I are covering every single episode of the TV show Supernatural, and we are in the middle of season 10. We are on episode 10, which is almost directly in the middle, and Chris, I still think season 10 is going pretty strong. Season 10 is pretty good. You know, I made a um, a, a slapdash uh, ranking of my favorite seasons. Yeah, I don't know why you did that. Day. I don't know why you did that. I don't know. That. I just, because I was just, it was conversation. I wasn't trying to do, put down a firm order. It was just like, these are generally how I like them. And generally speaking, I like the first five seasons the best. And and season 10 is now like right, just right there beneath those other ones. Nice. Which is, that's a compliment for me. Nothing's ever going to beat those because of nostalgia and my, you know, my affection for those Your first, first experience. five seasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if you had watched season 10 first. <laughs> maybe. You know, maybe. Maybe. Absolutely. Maybe. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Um, we we got this this lovely uh, morning uh, podcast to record. We're gonna have some mm-hmm. fun. How are mm-hmm. you? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm a bit tired. I just I'm just gonna get this out of the way. Every once in a while, we get into scheduling situations where I watch an episode and then uh, some time passes, and then I we record about it. <laughs> I usually mm-hmm. try to watch these pretty close to when we record, but it's been um, a little over a week since I've watched this episode and uh, I was going through my notes going, I kind of remember this. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, uh, especially talking to you as you make your points and comments on it, that I will, I will definitely start remembering things, but just, just a heads up that I might like, if I forget the color of Castiel's shoes or something like, please, please don't be mad at me. It's a Metatron episode, so I'm really not that fussed about anything. Word. Okay. Cool. You want to you want to <laughs> catch us up on? Oh no, wait. What do we do? What? How do we do this podcast? I think I do the road so far, and then um, we do patrons, or do we do patrons and then do you? You do, you do so usually far? do patrons first. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to the patrons. Shout out to Ooh. the patrons. Patreon.com/slash Monster of the Week. Uh, you guys are the best. You give us a couple of dollars per month and get some cool benefits like extra podcast. Uh, we are about to wrap up. Don't Give Up Space Cowboy, our Cowboy Bebop podcast. We're about to launch uh, Haunted by Ghost. Our first series we're going to cover on Haunted by Ghost is Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. Uh, we also do um, listener-sponsored stuff. So if you want to sponsor us to do th- something like Gilmore Girls or uh, Dead Like Me or uh, Murder by Death or Dr. Horrible or an HP Lovecraft short story or any of that stuff, basically anything, um, you can do that at patreon.com slash monster of the week. Chris, tell me what's been happening on season 10 unfortunately i wrote this road so far last week excellent and it was a it was a bad idea then and let me tell you it's looking like a bad idea now. <laughs> not looking better okay now. okay okay this is this is what chris wrote one week ago when the students of heaven high school rebelled against their new faculty principal marvin <laughs> metatron was locked up in the janitor's closet and not a second thought was given to him already this metaphor is not good but when class president, excuse me, when class representatives Cass and Hannah decide to play hooky on Earth, things quickly got confusing. Uh, and I think that's because I just don't remember what's going on with heaven. <laughs> Meanwhile, local hunks Sam and Dean have their own set of problems to deal with. 
uh, at Smamford High School. When Sam spends his nights pining in his diary about all the monster girls he can't he can't date, uh, the Mark of Cain rears its ugly head, causing Dean to murder a bunch of people and fuck the big exam he's been preparing for. Oh, this no. high school metaphor is definitely very weak. Uh, but also, Crowley and Rowena are hanging out now. That's just another detail for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's and that's awesome. all I wrote in high school. I think I just gave up. Crowley and Rowena are hanging out in high school too. <laughs> yeah, like that's. I just gave up. Rowena is Crowley's mom. They're hanging out. We don't know. She's kind of manipulating him. It's a thing. So we are going to cover Season 10, Episode 10, Hunter Games. This was written by Eugenie Ross-Lemming and Brad Buckner. This was directed by John Badham. Uh, and this came out on January 20th, 2015. We did not mention this, but the end of the last episode was a mid-season cliffhanger. So this ah. has been several weeks uh, since we've seen any Supernatural. The Aftermath. After the massacre at the ranch, Dean, Sam, and Castiel double their efforts to find a cure for the Mark of Cain. But there is nothing in the lore that can help them. Desperate, Castiel comes up with an idea that Sam deems the, quote, single worst idea I've ever heard, end okay. quote. Meanwhile, Rowena continues to plot against Crowley, and Castiel tries to mend his relationship with Claire, who is plotting revenge against Dean for killing her friend. I'm pretty surprised to even see Claire again. Like, I know she definitely comes up later, but, like, the fact that they would have her in more than one episode in, in a row is wild i think it kind of works like it, it definitely works it, I, th- I think this is a good episode i like um again I, i've never i never really bonded with claire before but like looking at her through this lens of castiel and like what he's trying to like the humanity that he's trying to basically get to and to like the, the to live a good life um i think mm-hmm. it's is pretty interesting and i i kind of like that our last episode bleeds over into this one without it being like a, a sequel right like this isn't a part yeah. two but it's a di- almost a direct continuation anyway which is good. I, I like when when there's continuity. <laughs> yes, it's it's nice when uh, plot happens in order in this show. It's fun. <laughs> you uh, did you miss the road so far on this too? Of course, yeah. Man, that's a bummer. It's like it's, it's a gone good for one. my life. It's a uh, it's like the it's like one of our montages. It's not carry on my wayward son. It's set to um, long black road. You know that song? Long black. I think road. so. Um, this, I can't. I'm missing out on the licensed songs now too. This is baloney. It's 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 garbage, man. Because this one was really good. Like I even put it in my notes that there's lots of kills and stingers. I don't know what Ooh. stingers mean in there's this. There's two context. things I like. It's supernatural. It's kills and stingers. <laughs> kills and stings, y'all. Kills and stings. Um, but we start out with Crowley, uh, and he's walking nervously through a, a hallway when a bunch of demons start chasing him. Yeah. Um, he's he's having what we're going to find out is the worst dream of all time, which not something I would expect Crowley to be having. Um, because in this dream, he runs and he gets chased down and, and stabbed uh, by a bunch of demons. He's like Caesar, like like et tu, Brute, but it's et, et tu, demon, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, <laughs> et, et tu, Raul. I yeah, guess. yeah. Uh, and then and then he wakes up. And, oh, actually, you know, the demon that stabs him, we find out later, is named Guthrie. So it's et tu, uh, Guthrie. Et, et tu, Guthrie. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's not, a, that's not a typical Crowley dream. He hasn't always been on top in hell, but he doesn't seem like the type who really gets paranoid. He, he seems like he's always one step ahead of everybody. Um, so Rowena wakes him up and this is where we realize, okay, it was a dream. Um, and, and now it's, I think it's pretty clear, like right off the bat that, that Rowena is planting these paranoid thoughts into Crowley's head. Well, yeah. And she's also like planting hex bags underneath. Yeah, She puts a hex on him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So like she's, she is specifically like doing this thing. And you can tell he feels, um, 
Like he doesn't have as much power when he's around her. Yeah. Like her presence makes him feel weaker. He makes him feel like a child again because it's his mother. Um, it puts him in, in in a kind of a compromised mental space. Yes, absolutely. From here, we go to the main part of the episode where um, Dean is in his room in the bunker. Remember the last time we've seen Dean, he was on the floor, um, like telling Dean that he, telling Sam that he had to kill all of those people, um, all of those weird loan sharks, and now he's in his room in the bunker, like remembering and reliving killing all of those people. Yeah, um, and I know. Did did we need to issue a correction here? Like we said something weird about this the the end of the scene last last episode. And now I can't even remember. And you and I talked about it. And now I can't even remember about it. That's it was like uh, Dean said, or Sam comes up to Dean after Dean had just killed all those people, and and Dean said, or Sam says, um, like tell me you didn't have to do this or something like that. And we weren't like a hundred percent sure on what exactly it was that that Dean said because uh, he you know he says it quietly. We're taking notes. We're trying to figure out what's going on. And I thought that he said something along the lines of, "I didn't." Meaning when when Sam says, did you have to do this? Like, tell me you had to do this. And he says, I didn't. But I think he says, I didn't mean to. Um, I think that's what Dean is saying after he killed everybody was, I didn't mean to. But I was taking it as him feeling completely like, holy shit, I didn't have to do that. And that's what he's telling Sam when Sam says, tell me you had to do this. And him saying, no, I, I didn't have to do it. Fuck. Like, they didn't even put me in this situation, which they kind of did. He didn't need to slaughter them, but they definitely like... They put him in, in, in a tricky situation where, you know, somebody kicked him in the face. He was he blacked out for a second and then he wakes up and essentially he's killed everybody in the room. Um, yeah, we were not 100% sure on what he said because cool. okay. it doesn't it doesn't matter. But yeah, that's where it's, Dean, it's Dean was left off. Um, so he's remembering all of this stuff while elsewhere in the bunker, Castiel and Sam are talking. Castiel's complaining that Claire won't even speak to him because of, you know, all of the horrible shit she saw Dean do. Uh, Sam tries to reassure him. It's like, no, no, you're doing the right thing. Like, you're, you're trying to reach out. Like, things will happen. Like, don't worry about it. And then they both, like, are like, yeah, but Dean's super fucked up, right? Like, that was super <laughs> fucked up. Like, we, should not, we should not let him get away with that. We should probably kill him immediately. Uh, when Dean walks in, you're gonna get in trouble for saying that. I'll tell and, you that much. <laughs> He's and, uh, not serious, everyone. No, I'm not. Yeah, you shouldn't kill Dean. Um, Dean walks in and is kind of uh, it's like strangely practical about this whole thing. Like you saw him, we just saw him a minute ago, kind of reliving all of this experience and his experiences, which you think would jar him a little bit. But he comes in and he's like, yeah. And almost in kind of a plain tone, he's like, yeah, what I did was a massacre. Like, I'm, I'm a mm-hmm. stone-cold killer and not a hunter. Like, I, I crossed the line between those two. We have to get rid of the Mark of Cain. Like, we have to. And, like, he goes up to Cassiel. He's like, burn it off. Like, cut it off. Do something. I just don't want it anymore. And, yeah. and Cassiel's like, nah, man, I can't do that. I, I'm not Yeah, because this, I mean, the Mark of Cain, um, to quote, predates the lore. <laughs> I'm so glad. So they can't just so they glad can't we just both made that. Uh, this the, the mark predates the lore. But yeah, Dean is right now. He's in full like, um, I don't know. You want to call it acceptance? It's like, uh, Dean. Dean just just like he did something bad. You know, he got in a fight last night, and instead of um, wanting to say, you know, I gotta go. I gotta work on my anger issues. He's coming out the next morning and saying, you know what? I gotta stop drinking. That's my problem. The alcohol, if, you know, if I just didn't drink so much beer, I wouldn't keep getting in these fights when, like, the real issue is his anger. Um, that's not exactly the situation here, but I feel like the way he's saying, like, Mark's gotta go, Mark's gotta go, because he so desperately wants to cling to it being something other than him. He, as much as he's taking responsibility for what he did, he calls it a massacre. At the same time, I think he's still kind of, like, grasping for that thing to blame it on, so that he doesn't have to take on the reality of everything that he did and, and have that break him. 
Um, and yeah, I, agreed. I mean, I think that's fair. I think Dean isn't 100% responsible. He has the mark of Cain, the first murderer, this thing that literally is like when the way Sam acted with demon blood, where he wanted to drink demon blood, except this, the mark on his arm makes Dean want to murder. That's its whole fucking vibe. And Dean tries very hard to resist that, but then he gets booted in the face by some pedophiles, and he's like, all right, I'm going to kill all these guys. Yeah, fuck all of you people, is what yeah. Dean says. Um, and yeah, this I think this is a natural reaction, because when, you know, times of crisis, sometimes people are like, just, hey, I'm going to deal with the practical matters, and then everything else we can, can wait for later. And that's what Dean seems to be doing right here, is just, it's like, okay, how do we fix this? Like, I don't need to process this, I need to fix it. Um, and also, you know, it predates the lore. So And it predates the lore, because that's an important phrase. <laughs> <laughs> we go back over to uh, Rowena, who was exploring like the just various places of whatever this place is. They're try- they're trying to make hell look like like the Red Keep in King's Landing. Like they're trying to to make it into but it's, this like it's I don't like know. specifically not hell, right? No, like, we, it's, it's like it's I think it's just a like a brick warehouse. Yeah, it's it's just another <laughs> shitty you know wet pipe factory that they've yeah. put some stonework into. It's ridiculous. Um, she's like trying, she's basically like leafing through Crowley's things when in walks Guthrie, um, for listeners who remember dumb jokes, uh, Guthrie was the guy that we claimed was from Game of Thrones that was in Supernatural. He talks very proper. He looks like an old guy. Like it's, it's just, he's just a very Game of Thrones character. Um, and basically she's just like, oh, I was just looking for food and you and I should team up and be friends because we're both so supportive of our Lord and master Crowley. And you can tell like he does not trust this chick at all. Yeah. Not happened. Not happened. Guthrie. I hate to say it because of the way things turn out, but Guthrie is a real one, man. He is. He's absolutely a real one. Uh, he leaves and Crowley arrives and uh, Rowena immediately starts in and is like, you have to watch your back. This place is full of discontent, gossip, and plotting. And that white-haired, extremely proper guy is directly in the middle of it. And she, yeah, Crowley's and he, like, no, 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 no. Guthrie? You talking about Guthrie right now? No, you're crazy. No, Guthrie's a real one. Guthrie's <laughs> a real one. He would never cross me. Um, and yeah, like it's just, it's just really funny that Rowena's actually trying to do this. And he once again is like, hey you know, all of these people have been here for me. You abandoned me for 300 years. And her response to this is, I will not apologize for being a career woman. And I'm like, I don't think that that's what a career woman is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then it it's back to Castiel, right? At the playground? Yep. Not skipping any scenes here? Okay, so Castiel finds himself at a children's playground. A man in a trench coat drives up in a, in a very old car suspicious looking car and he the gets Castiel out hoop. We, we've called i mean he, this is the hoop yes. and then uh and then he stands around in the playground um unfortunately i do believe there is a child here this time and the police are called castiel being castiel doesn't think to run away he's arrested he's put in jail and we're awaiting trial right now uh he's been found at this playground many many times because the police don't understand and i often forget as the viewer that this is the gate to heaven. Yes. <laughs> they put the gate to heaven at a children's playground. So it's just, it's always creepy. It's especially always Especially when they weird. put little kids there. I'm like, stop it. Stop hanging out at playgrounds, people. Well, I mean, they have to put little kids there because they have to have little kids. 
Number one, let's talk about angels possessing little kids for a little angels while. Angels are right? possessing little kids. <laughs> That's not cool. Number and two, little kids and punks. Did you see that punk chick? That, that she, punk goth chick has rocking that mohawk. She was absolutely like, no, yeah, let me fucking okay. No way she heaven, gave consent. Sure. No way no, she gave ab- consent to be possessed no by an way. angel. No way. Absolutely no way. That's um, explain to me that the backstory, the scenario. Yes. Where this like preferably like, a comic book form so that we could cover where it on this the podcast. where this punk rocker. <laughs> Goes an angel of the Lord. I yes, me your devout follower. Who um no, it's just it's not happening. It's not. It's an inconsistency. Everyone, <laughs> there's, there's probably some Christian punks out there who are like, hey man, screw you, <laughs> Christian punks. I mean, sure, yeah, like everybody can be anything, and I'm not gonna like tell you that you can't be, but like, I don't even think a Christian punk would be like, yes, please possess my body and and take take you know not let me live for an extended length while I hang out in this children's playground. Yeah. Sounds great, Grandpa Angel. Maybe um, you know, maybe it was a decision that the angel made on their own. Sure, to go yeah. to go for the punk look. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Gadriel is like, you know what? Your hair would look <laughs> shit. Sorry, <laughs> that hair would look real good with some blue in it. Uh, if I shaved off the sides, she's like, no, no, no. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a devout Christian woman. I, I go to church every Sunday. I have to keep up appearances. I'm a big active member in the community. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah screw all that. Times have changed. And she's like, no, I know that's fine. I have nothing against anyone who wants to do that, express themselves that way, but that's just not me. And Gadriel's like, sorry, sorry, babe. Sorry, babe. <laughs> you gave me the wheel. You said, Jesus, take the wheel. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, you got Gadriel at the wheel. <laughs> I'm taking the wheel and we're going to the Mohawk factory. <laughs> sorry, Karen. <laughs> Yo, how do you feel about tattoos as he accelerates on the car? <laughs> um, Scary shit. Castiel says he's waiting for somebody. We should mention that, like, when Castiel had his very bad idea, or when Castiel said, like, it would take a very powerful source to remove the mark, he said he had an idea. Yeah, something um, that predates the lore. And the door activates, uh, which is the door is a sandpit. <laughs> it's like a children's yeah. playground sandpit. Uh, we get some, like, really cool looking CGI. I actually like the way this looks. And then a. Um, a hooded figure and a escort arrives. Uh, one of them is Ingrid. The other one is Metatron. And Metatron is immediately obnoxious, as he always is. And I wish he wasn't in this episode. Man. Yeah, it sucks. I don't know. I just... I know we're we're not supposed to like him. And I think we, we've weirdly had a habit of really liking supernatural villains, right? That's the thing, right? 100%, yeah. Like, think, Yellow, think Eyes, Yellow Eyes, we, we want to see... Dick Roman. We want to see more of him. Yeah, Dick yeah. Roman. Lucifer. Um, Lucifer. All of these. Even when, like, the angels were kind of, like, being bad, like Zachariah. Zachari- like, I love Zachariah. Super great. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, Meg, Ruby, all these characters mm-hmm. who we always want to see a little bit more of. We want to know what's going on with them. Every time metatron has come on screen we go fuck get this yes. get this guy out of here and oh i know he's boy. written more to be annoying like i bad. i've seen this dude like i said he's he's also a new girl and I've, I've i like him a new girl he plays a very similar character in that but he's less hateable because it's a comedy and he's just like goofy or whatever um have we talked have you mentioned that before because I, I watched a bunch of new girl and i don't remember seeing this dude on it yeah, I think I've mentioned it before, but he, I mean, he's not like a main character. He's just the principal at the school that she worked at in like some of the seasons. Um, but yeah, he, I mean, Metatron just sucks so much ass. And yes. mm-hmm. when Dean was acting the way that Dean acts in this episode, I was like, you fucking get him, bro. <laughs> you do, you do this for both of us, bro. Uh, Castiel walks him back over to Sam and he's like, oh, so you're just doing this to kill me. And they're like, no, shut up. And they bring him back to the bunker and they chain him down in everybody's favorite bunker uh, torture chamber. Mm-hmm. And they ask him how to remove the mark of chain. And Metatron's like, what do you mean? Like, I killed that dude. I thought, and he's like, no, oh, so he's alive. Well, 
then he must be a demon if that's the case. And like Sam and Kaz look at one another and Metatron's like, oh, y'all fixed the demon. And so now he just he's just fucking crazy. And he starts to mm-hmm. like cracking up laughing because he finds this situation so funny. Yeah. Um, he he tells Sam at some point to to make sure he keeps his, you know, keeps his brother on a short leash here. But Sam is like, I don't give a fuck. I'm not doing any of that. I'm not playing around with the shit. And then Dean, I think Dean comes in here because Marvel almost shits his fucking pants when he sees him. Dean is legit scary in these scenes. Like it's, 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 it's really good. Like he slowly walks into this room and he kind of saunters up to, to, to Marv and just looking like, looking like a snake, like looking like a fucking Python Mm -hmm. is is slithering Mm -hmm. up to you. Like with, with malice in its eyes. And I think it works so much better because we hate Metatron so much. So, a lot of times we'll see Dean acting kind of scary, in the, especially this season, and you go, uh-oh. Like, it's exciting to see because Jensen plays it so well, and, and it adds tension and drama. But a lot of times you go, oh, shit, like, I don't want Dean to snap and, like, punch Sam or, you know, kill this innocent person. I'm, I'm a little bit worried here. But as Dean kind of saunters in here, he slithers up, like, I'm waiting for him to strike. And I would be okay whether he does or he doesn't. I, I feel like Dean's in control of the situation now because of the power and, and his purpose. Uh, and that's kind of exciting to watch. And we move from here to Astoria Hotel where Claire is packing up all of her stuff when Castiel arrives. Uh, she basically says like, hey, I, I just want you, I want to be away from you and all of your weird shit. And he's like, no, 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 I want to help you. <laughs> and it's my responsibility to do so. And she's like, no, homie, you killed my father. Yeah, you look like my dad, but you're not my dad. That's got me fucked up. And Dean is is a monster. He Like, Randy and that group may have been bad, but there was my only family. And like, I, everybody that's listening to Claire talk knows that that's wrong. Like, that dude was not her family. But I can definitely yeah. see that she would still think that, even after everything that happened, because of how violently Dean killed everybody in that room. Um, and then Dean, uh, Cass's response to, response to this is just something like, it's possible there's a little monster in all of us. And I'm like, Castiel, yes. that, that dude slaughtered 18 people in about yeah. 45 seconds. I'm like, you're telling me that there's a little monster in all of us? I appreciate the witticism, Cass, but... Uh... Now's not the time for this. Absolutely um, not. So, cut back to Metatron. I've just I exclusively referred to him as Marv. Me too. <laughs> in my mm-hmm. uh even in my in my Rosafar called him Marvin Metatron, first name last name. Um so anyway, Marv continues to taunt the boys. Um and and Dean is kind of perfectly fine with carving the answers he wants out of Metatron. Um so Metatron kind of starts to uh, to play along. Even when he's playing along, you know he's not going to play along. Because the first thing he says is um, he, he'll, he'll help them, and, and the first thing that they need is the first blade. So they need to go and get the first blade back, which of course is like the most triggering thing you could possibly put near Dean. Mm-hmm. There's a line um, in here that I really like, which is, uh, I think Marv says, like, why do you assume I'm not going to be helpful? And Dean's like, because you're a dickwad. And I'm like, yep, yeah. that's exactly yeah. how everybody feels about Marv. Mm-hmm. Um, um, of course, Sam thinks getting the first playback is an absolutely terrible idea. And Dean's like, yeah, it 100% is a terrible idea, but we have to do it anyway. And then he picks up the phone to make a phone call, and we cut over to Rowena. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Crowley's getting the call. Picks up his phone. I guess it, it doesn't directly say it's from Dean in this scene. I don't know. But he's immediately like, oh, yeah, no, no, I'm not doing anything right now. Yeah, I'll come right over. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's so happy to hear from Dean. Either because 
He's sick of feeling paranoid about hell. He's sick of being around Rowena or he just misses Dean. But Crowley's immediate like, okay, yeah, I gotta gotta go take care of something. Just made me laugh. Because like he wants to see Dean so bad. It's really funny to me. Um, There's a couple of really good lines in here too where Rowena says something like, why don't I make you dinner? And and he says, you don't cook and I don't eat. I don't think that's a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Um, So he heads out and that's, we we leave Crowley for the scene when we stay behind with Rowena who continues to kind of like snoop around the throne room around Crowley's stuff. Um, and she cuts out a bit of fabric from one of his ties. Yeah, that's definitely some witch shit. About She's to happen up right to there. some witchy shit. And then we um, jump over to Claire, um, mm-hmm. who is looking drastically out of place at this uh, at a bar she's like 13 yeah yeah like what i guess she's 17 at this point something like that um but yeah and but like definitely playing some like pool with some really really shifty looking older couple uh who are probably like in their mid-30s or whatever probably younger than i am that i'm calling older but uh older than claire just they just look like ne'er-do-wells just look like people Mm -hmm. that are are Mm -hmm. about to I mean, like, this could have gone a bunch of different directions. Like, these could have been demons, which is kind of what I was thinking to begin with. Yeah. Um, but, like, it, it's going to turn out they're just kind of shitty people. They're just... Sh- but, And I don't know why, but they're, like, hyping her up to kill Dean, like, the more that they get to know her, because Claire is telling them all of her life story. Yeah, and I kept expecting them to turn on Claire to do something... Same. ...gross and creepy to her. And these are gross, creepy people, not to her surprisingly i kept thinking they were they were just gonna do something nefarious again they are but they're like yeah we'll help you kill this dude we're not gonna let him hurt you <laughs> okay thanks strangers really like what funny. why are yeah. you so invested in this we go back over to uh crowley um who is meeting up with sam and dean and just absolutely refusing to uh to get the wet blade for them and then uh, as that's happening, we continue to hear them talk as Rowena does, like, cast her spell. Her eyes go white, and she kind of astral projects herself over to their conversation so she can overhear what they're doing. Interesting, um, like, visual effect we get here, where, like, her vision goes up and we, like, see the city at night with all the lights. And it's nothing, like, particularly like, interesting, mm-hmm. but it's different. We, it's not something that we always see. We, like, actually follow the path of her projection until she kind of, like, gets a bird's eye view of, of the, the people talking. Yeah. Um, Sam like begs Crowley. He's like, no, 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 no. It'll work. It'll it'll work. For some reason, he has. A, a, I don't know what this note is. <laughs> it says Sam begs Crowley that it will work and has extremely wet hair. Do you remember some extremely wrote, wet I, Sam here? I wrote, <laughs> Sam explains with uh with that when the mark is gone, the blade is powerless. Comma. Sam is also looking good with that wet hair. <laughs> Because it's, I think it's raining. I think they're out in the rain. Right yeah, now. it's just weird because usually when it's raining, like it does, it rains in a circle, like around them, right? Like it doesn't rain directly yeah. on top of them. Um, I don't know what, like, was his hair just wet? So they go, all right, well, we'll just make it work, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So they like they like styled it back. Uh, Crowley eventually uh, let slip that he hid the the knife with his bones in a crypt in Guam, and he so he said something like Guam is nice this time of year or something yeah, like that. With his uh, bones, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So Rowena is extremely happy to have learned that, and then goes to tell Guthrie like, "Hey, here I have a task for you. It's directly from the man himself, and you know you have to do it." And he's like, "Nah, homie, that's probably not a good idea." And she's like, "No, no, no, go do it. You're a crossword demon, so you can travel anywhere that you want to." Yeah. In this part, it, it seems like um, Rowena was was trying to act a lot like like Cersei. Like she's trying to she's trying to play Guthrie off and have him do something and have you know she's she's mixing it up. She's she's causing drama. She's causing static. 
Absolutely. And then um, Castiel shows up um, at, the, at the bunker, and uh, he's not he's not on board with the at the blade plan at all, and tells them Claire is gone again, and we'll probably get in trouble again. Um, and he asks Dean as quote one extremely messed up human yeah. to another <laughs> to talk to her, which I thought was very sweet, <laughs> and also like maybe not the greatest time for something like no. that. Like maybe. No, also- Maybe Dean's going through a little bit too much for this. Dean's, Dean has a lot on his plate today. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think Castiel comes in and he says, I don't mean to be an alarmist, but this is all a bad idea when he finds out what they're trying to do with the mark in the first place. Which is like supernatural. Like, that's it. That's the episode. Yeah. I don't want to be an alarmist, but this is a very yeah. bad idea. Is like the entire fucking series. That's it. That's the show. Um, but yeah, but weirdly, Dean is like, yeah, whatever. I'll talk to Claire. I don't give a shit. Um Cass reveals here that he that that he himself enjoys texting. He, he enjoys using emoticons. Yes. Um, thinking based on cool. Um, he um, so let's see. He um, talking to Sam, and he is after so he's had this little conversation. Dean leaves the room. Um, and he Cass and Sam talk, and they say that Dean seems like he's being a little bit too calm. Castiel, I think, when he first says it, is like, oh yeah, Dean's Dean's pretty chilled out right now. Like that's that's a good sign, right? But Sam knows his brother, and he knows, like, yeah, he, Dean is way too calm about everything right now, so that means that so- something's bad. Something bad is brewing. Absolutely. So where do we go from here? Crowley? Crowley is, um, Crowley goes to his crypt now. This is where we see him go to that crypt in Guam, where mm-hmm. his bones and the blade are. Um, we don't see either, because uh, they're they're gone. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so weird trying to read my notes and be like, okay, what is happening here? Um, so we go back over to Rowena, who is on Crowley's throne, when uh, Guthrie arrives, and she claims she's just resting because of her sciatica. Uh, Guthrie says, I'm only going to deliver this blade to the king. And so she just walks over and stabs Guthrie with an angel blade. And uh, Crowley arrives, and Rowena immediately turns this into uh, her finding Guthrie inciting discontent among his court. And she claims that like Guthrie attacks her and Crowley having had these weird dreams lately because of Rowena, absolutely believers. Uh, yeah. And um, this is the moment says Guthrie is talking about how, uh, oh, she was saying something about some Winchesters and some blade, like the things that she specifically just spied on. Um, and yeah, Crowley's believing all of it because of that damn dream he had. And of course he checks Guthrie's bag and he finds the first blade in there. Of course. Um, and Ra- Ra- Rowena continues to, to, you know, twirl her finger, twirl him around her finger. Yeah. And this like kind of cements that when she says, you know, you can't trust anybody. You should only trust me. Um, and yeah, like it's just, it's, it's one of those things of like, you hate to see it. Like Crowley, Crowley, see it. Crowley has been like one of the coolest characters on the show. And now like this chick has come along and, and, been, and just kind of co-opted him almost. And he doesn't, I have a hard time fully believing that he'd fall for this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how this turns out. So I feel like there has to still be a seed of distrust in in Crowley. It's not like he fully is on board with her. Not like he fully is like, oh yeah, Guthrie must have betrayed me. Um, I think that he is certainly he's he's flummoxed. He's not sure what's what's going on. Uh, this is like a big kind of surprise to him. But at the same time, I bet he still has his guard up a little bit, and he's going to try and figure out what's really going on, even if he does start to mistakenly trust Rowena more. Absolutely. From here, we go back over to Claire, um, who is hanging out with the two shitheads at their, like, shithead trailer and shithead campfire. Yeah, these fucking um, vagrants. Just like... What the fuck is this? Uh, She gets a voicemail from Dean, 
And uh, this is when she actually tells them what Dean did. And, you know, because they're like, is that the guy that killed your father? And she's like, no, it's a different guy that killed a bunch of other different fathers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the shitheads are like, yo, go ahead and make the meat, bring it here, and we'll help you kill him. And I, I really, like, again, I thought these dudes were demons. Like, these, this yeah. couple is just going to be, like, normal, like, just normal humans, I guess, looking for a grift. But it seems pretty extreme to co-opt this teenage daughter, teenage girl, and be like, yeah, we're going to kill this people that you hate, and then we're going to Bonnie and Clyde our way across America? Like, what is the, what, what, like, what, what is this? What's the motivation for this, I guess? I guess they just want, like, a new kid on their team, so that, like, oh, we'll put this girl in our debt, um have her commit some crime in our presence like i don't maybe there is some manipulation that is sort of going unspoken here um it's it's two adults taking advantage of a child putting her in a very dangerous situation even though they're saying we'll kill this dude for you i just think that she's even in this situation at all shows how much trouble that claire is in um it's also kind of a bummer that she's just like ready to agree to be like okay we'll do this because i wouldn't i mean i know she's upset but i and she's being you know influenced by very negative forces but i wouldn't want to think of her in this like you know as a killer like this you know mm-hmm. um from here we go back over to dean who is making a sandwich i just like seeing domestic dean making some sandwiches yeah. um crowley calls and says he has the blade but he's going to hold on to it until they actually get the information and then it's time for an extended scene with good old marv um mm-hmm. Uh, Marv kind of starts out and is like, "Hey, I told you you're going to need the blade, and that was for free. But if you want any any other stuff, any other information about the spell, you're going to have to pay me for it." And uh, Dean goes into full evil mode uh, and pulls out the angel blade and locks the door to the room when he starts. And then like is like, "I'm just going to torture you until you give us the information." Yeah, they. Uh, I actually noticed the music in this uh, scene. The, you know the supernatural score mm-hmm. and uh it is it's very tense tense they're really like building up that holy shit you know that snake about to strike um he's <laughs> i mean de- locking that door dean approaching him and then just being like you're gonna tell me everything all of it and it ain't gonna cost me a damn dime slugger him repeat because i think that marv keeps calling him slugger like, yeah you know, you're gonna pay me big time slugger um and and just Dean's Dean repeating that that word back to him. I was like, "Fuck, dude, <laughs> dude, are we back in season four, dude? Because this is fucked up, dude. This is good." Um, Dean begins to Dean basically says like it's going to cost you, and Dean's like, "It's not going to cost me anything because of all of the things you've done. You stole Castiel's grace. You killed Kevin. You started the Angel War. You killed me." And and Marv kind of wants as Marv is want to do turns it back around on Dean, and you know people have died following him, and now they're just dying just because he wants them to with for no reason. And this is where Dean loses it, like when his honor is called into question, when he realizes like Marv may know that he is you know some of those sacrifices might be in vain, or maybe he's just murdering people. He's just like starts beating Marv the fuck up and Marv is like encouraging him. He's like, go darker, like get it, get reach out to the darkness. Yeah. You know, uh, he thinks it, he's Emperor Palpatine over here. He does. And I guess this makes sense. Cause he mentions like, you know, you can mess with humans and demons, but I am the scribe of God. And it's yeah. about he this thinks time. He's hot shit. He, he thinks does. He's hot shit. And like, technically he is like the dude, like I don't like him, but he, he is one of the most like fearsome villains that we've had in terms of mm-hmm. things that he accomplished. Right. Yeah. Definitely. We don't um, like him. Like he's a piece of shit. He's a, he's and a- I think he he realizes, obviously, even though he physically can't do as much, 
Um, he wields a lot of power, and he also understands how important he is. And if they go and kill him, what are they going to do? Exactly. This, you know, the mark predates the lore, Jeremy. Yeah, it was before the scribe of God started writing God stuff down, so we don't lore, have the lore yeah. for that. Yeah. Um, so we cut back out. Claire, um, or Castiel is going to go uh, search for Claire, and that's when Sam, now by himself, is like, oh, shit. Where where is Dean? Oh, I think him and Castiel both go and check on them. Um, and they, they run down to the dungeon, um, cut back in there. Marv continues to guilt the shit out of Dean. Um, this is, this is where I started to feel like it, it drags a little bit. I feel like we've heard these guilt trips like a thousand times before. Um, where he's like, Oh, you're just like the thing that you hunt, you know, that kind of argument. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, we know that the audience knows that Dean knows that that's been well established in the show. Um, but they kind of roll back into that trope of like, let's get Dean mad by telling him all the bad things about himself. Um, and I, I've liked this, this episode thus far, and I've liked the way they're handling Dean's situation. Um, because I mean, you put it perfectly with that snake metaphor. He really is this, this like Cobra, the serpent about to strike. And it's like up front, he's, he's just very calm. He's, he's holding still. He's, he's in control seemingly but that rage and that that murderous desire is just right there you know those fangs are right there ready to come out so trying to remind dean of all like the bad stuff that he's done and making this um an emotional thing isn't necessarily bad but we we've gone down that route before and i feel like this is a a supernatural issue where it's like there is a power greater than dean and and it's and it's kind of conducting his his movements not to make him you know innocent of all the things that he's done but it 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 feels like this is less of a an emotional dean problem and more of um you know he's he's losing his fight against the the mark this isn't dean's fault dean didn't murder those people because he was really mad he murdered those people because he was really mad and he has a supernatural murder device on his arm and because he's literally losing his humanity like we yeah we we saw him lose most of his humanity in the last season and, and just barely get that back and now you know, that they have fixed the demon problem. Like he still has the mark and he's still yeah. like in danger of losing his humanity and becoming like Cain. And, and of it's- course it's not 100% the mark's fault. You know, there is a part of Dean that is giving into it. Um, but I, I, is there a conversation about Cain and how Cain is able to resist it? How that happens. That happens in just a little bit. Yeah. 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 We're okay. Gonna get that okay. Just so there is, there is, you know, Dean is partially responsible for all this, but I don't need Metatron to kind of repeat some of that same shit we've heard before. Anyway, Dean beats the shit out of this dude. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we Sam starts pounding on the door, trying to get it open. Dean demands the next step for Marv and starts c- literally cutting Marv open with the angel blade. Uh, Castiel, Dean is just about to kill Mark. Uh, excuse me, kill Marv when like his mark starts to glow, and Mar- Marv says something like kind of weird and cryptic, and it's the river ends with the source. Yeah, behold, the river shall end at the source. Um. And this is as as Dean is carving a line from like Metatron's face down to his neck and chest. Like it is a brutal, like slow, deliberate slash across this guy's like upper body. Really weird. Um, Castiel shatters the door with his his souped up angel power, which always looks cool. Um, and then uh, he grabs Marv and just takes him back to heaven. Um, and on the way out, like as they're walking out, Marv is like, "It's going to keep getting worse." It's yeah, he says not only like, not, not only is it going to get worse, but I will die before ever lifting another finger to help you. Like you'll you'll you can kill me next time because I'm not going to help you. Um, 
which I think they like Dean should have gone like, okay, I'll kill you then. <laughs> like, would heaven be that mad that they killed the bad guy that ruined heaven? Mm-hmm. Is he that important of a prisoner to them? Just kill him. Just let's save us all the trouble because you Absolutely. know he's coming back. Yeah, yeah. Um, later, Dean tells Sam about the the river from the source, and Sam's like, "Hey, we should we should really talk about this." And um, Dean says basically like, "I wasn't I wasn't going to be able to stop myself. Uh, I, I just like I." I'm, I'm I'm just not able to like I'm just not able to to stop myself and this is what you mentioned. Um, yes, yes, comes yes. In fact, Sam is like, well, you know, like Cain lived with this for years, so maybe the idea is that you you have to want to fight it. Like if he if he lived with it and he fought it for years, you have to do the same. You have to not want to succumb to it. Like you have to. Yeah. It's not that you're going to fight the mark itself is that you were fighting the urge to succumb to the mark mm-hmm. and apologies by the way <clears throat> we're babysitting a dog who hasn't quite gotten the podcast thing yet so she's i haven't even heard it I haven't okay even heard cool it. like if you hear weird yeah. dog noises in the background mine are usually really cool when if I you podcast, hear weird right? dog noises that is not me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um part uh so they're, they're talking about this this powerful force to remove the mark to overcome the mark and sam is saying that part of that powerful force to stop the mark has to be dean Dean has to be the powerful thing that overcomes it. Um, and, and I think this is an important conversation. This is this is striding that line between, you know, you're, you aren't culpable for everything that happened. Because the mark is a, a thing that no man should have to struggle against. That, that no man should have to be strong enough to stand up to. But Dean, that's where you are. You're here, you have it, and you have to be part of the force that fights against it. We're going to look for the for a real thing, for, you know, the magic item or whatever it is, the spell, the trick that's going to set this right. But in the meantime, Dean, you have to be strong enough to to hold that off. You have to fight yourself. Don't fight the mark. Fight the part of yourself that is going along with the mark. What if the trick to get the mark of Cain off his arm was a Joker's trick? Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Joker's mm-hmm. trick, huh? Huh? Um... Mm-hmm. You know, if this um, if this were a video game, they, this is the part where they chop off Dean's arm and then he'd get a prosthetic, um, like robot arm, which yeah, they yeah. had like get a red arm, like um, C three PO or yeah. uh, um, the guy. It, it would be made of iron solid. and silver, so it yeah. could hurt ghosts and and. But you know, that's just yeah. a lot of budget. I mean, it's not. It's it's like a glove. Put him in a right? glove. Put him in a glove. Put him put, put him in a glove. Um, fuck. Why didn't they do that? It'd be cool as fuck. <laughs> while they were having this conversation, Claire calls and wants to set up a meeting. And uh, like as this is happening, like the shitheads behind her are watching this and like, yeah, this is gonna be great. We're doing the greatest. <laughs> yeah. I'm about to hit this bad guy with a fucking baseball bat. <laughs> this is amazing. This is the um, best day ever. So the next day, Dean arrives in the Apollo. Uh, now we're in daytime at the shitheads little shitty camper. Mm-hmm. And it's a really weird vibe because their camper is set up in front of what looks like a park bench. Um, yeah. and like, there are like joggers around and I'm like, did you just drag your shitty camper into like a public park and just yeah. stop it? Like, did you run your sewer hose into like the pond <laughs> next door? Like, are you that fucking, are you that big of shitheads? Oh. Um, Dean sits down on the bench and the shitheads come out, uh, with, from the bushes with bats and uh, as this is about to all go down, Claire just can't can't let it happen, and she warns Dean. And Dean, like very quickly, like knocks both of them out and like sh- gets them down to the ground and is about to kill them, but like stops at the last bit and last minute. And then he like instead of instead of chop, I think one of these dudes was carrying an axe yeah, instead an axe. of like hitting the killing the girl or killing one of the, sh- the shithead guy. He chops the bench in half. It's like, mm-hmm. Fuck that bitch. Fuck that yeah. bench right there. <laughs> Fuck that bench. Um, 
yeah, he, um, I mean, that's, Claire is, like, crying out, like, no, please don't kill them, um, and Dean doesn't. Dean doesn't do it, which, this is the exact same scenario we had last episode, where he could have split this dude's head open with an axe, but at the last second, he fights it. He fights that urge, he, he redirects his swing, um, and this is a weird scene, it's a weird moment for everybody involved, I feel like Claire trying to uh have uh Dean Winchester assassinated is is kind of a you know a weird move but nobody dies though the creeps run off and i guess Dean just leaves right because the scene after Castiel finds Claire walking on the side of the road i mean presumably like he went to go find somebody to kill cuz he's, like, he's got like he's got the killing blue you, balls Claire? <laughs> what the fuck claire yeah fuck off i was what nice you, to you that sucked claire <laughs> Look, I know we had a moment in a couple of days ago, right, where you caught me. You caught me in a gamer moment, but I mean, like, I'm still, yeah. like, I, I still tried. Dude, what the fuck, Claire? Fuck off, Claire, you get your own ride home. I'm leaving. This sucks. I didn't drive all the way out here for this shit. Um, Cassiel pulls up uh, beside Claire and um, says that he found her because she was praying, uh, which is a little creepy. Maybe you shouldn't be doing that. She says um, that she doesn't pray to him. Um, but I think there is sort of like a, a, a subconscious thing. Like she's reaching yeah. out to, to him in a way. Um, and she says she wants to tell him something and uh, mm-hmm. she wants to do things differently. And that ap- ap- actually she may have a little monster in her after all. Uh, but she wants to go in her own way and she'll, you know, she'll call from time to time. And Castiel's like, sure, that's fine. We don't really have the budget to keep you in this, in this series anyway. Yeah. So you can hitchhike. I'm yeah. comfortable with a 17 year old girl. Hitchhike. Like that is like, if if teenagers do that, if you're a teenager and you're listening to this and you're like, I'm going to go hitchhike across America, you won't live because that that's the, the worst things in the world happen when you try to do that. I'm so uncomfortable with Claire doing this. But Castiel's like, OK, bye. Yeah, he's just good. Give like, her the after, car, Castiel. After all of this stuff, like, I mean, like, presumably the bunker is in a school district. I'm just saying, like, presumably um, yeah. the bunker has like a high school or or like she could take her. uh um GED. GED, thank you. Like, get her GED done and, like, go get that chick a job. Or, like, maybe she starts podcasting. I don't know. Like, maybe, maybe she she's. Gets, maybe she has a podca- podcast. Maybe she starts a YouTube channel. Sam Sam would probably love a good vlog. He could help. He, absolutely. Sam could do all the technical stuff. She could be the reaction chick. Like, it would be great. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's, but, the, what's the name of the YouTube channel that Claire starts? Oh, man. Um, uh, oh, something. Uh, it's like something with a devil on my shoulder or like an angel on my shoulder. Some there's some sort of wordplay with that, but I'm not sure what it exactly would be. I'm, I think it would be like a like a little monster in all of us thing. Like it'd be, and like she would oh, just call yeah. herself the little monster she, or something. She calls herself little monster or like little mon. Everyone starts calling her little mon on Twitter. That's wait, um, hold on. We want to. <laughs> we're close to we're close to some danger here, Chris. Let's let's back away. <laughs> calling everybody with little mon on Twitter. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, that's the end of the episode. Um, yep. This is another episode that doesn't really have a like a villain other than Dean. Um, like I guess you could con- really kind of call Metatron a villain in this, but he's so like passively he, like he's not yeah. doing anything really villainous. I I think in a way we've we've had a small victory because Marv was trying to drag that murderous um, intent out of Dean, and Dean was able to resist it even when put in a life or death situation. Um, so so. Mega, Metatron failed, and, and and Dean has had a small victory here, I guess. Yeah. But we'll see how this is going to go. Um, 
I'm I'm excited. I want to see what the, I want to mm-hmm. see what happens with this. Like uh, this Same. this this wasn't a bad episode. Uh, they're slowly kind of plotting out this Rowena stuff, and I'm I'm kind of here for that still. Um, I I'll be honest with you. Like having two episodes where, like it's it's a little bit of character development and like kind of moving pieces of the plot forward. Like mm-hmm. I'm ready for a little bit. This, somebody needs to kick the story in the ass at this point. Like we need to, yeah. we need to get it on the road. We need some, some more stuff needs to happen. So this, um, it feels like next episode will be an episode where shit kicks off. Either it'll be just a monster of the week episode, random shit, and then we'll kick off. Or you know, it, it's got to be coming soon. I think because this very much feels like a season two episode where we're gonna do some character stuff for two episodes. They're gonna go down to the roadhouse. And they're gonna they're gonna think about some stuff. They're gonna hunt some monsters in the meantime, and then shit's gonna pop off. You know, Yellow Eyes will show up somewhere. John Winchester will you know show up or something. There's always something like that. This is giving me major early season vibes. Granted, Sam doesn't do anything <laughs> in these episodes. Um, but Honestly, like they're giving Sam the, 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 like nothing. the least to do in all in all of this. It's really weird. It's um, well, it's not his show anymore. It stopped being his show a long time ago. Um, and sometimes he still gets good moments. It's just not not this episode. And I'm and I'm happy with what we get for Dean. But you know, um, it it would be cool if Sam enters the plot again at some point. So, um, um in my notes, I just did a quick Control F, right? Mm-hmm. So the word Dean shows up forty two times in my notes. Yeah, I got thirty eight for Dean. Sam is fifteen. I wrote, I got seventeen, and two of those were in my road so far. <laughs> Uh, Marv was 18. <laughs> so <laughs> let's see what I got for Marv. Marv 18. Same here. Wow. Okay. Um, cool. Cool. Let's see. Cast. Cast 19. Cast 21. Uh, what about Castiel? Known for Castiel. What about Blair? Crowley Blair got ni- nine. Crowley, Crowley 19. Still more than still more than Sam. I got 11 for Crowley. Rowena. I don't know. I started calling her Cersei at a certain point. She got Can't nine. Really count that. I got 13 <laughs> for Rowena. So that's that doesn't. Yeah, and thirteen. So for yeah, Blair. Sam is uh, Sam's not getting a lot of play. Mm-mm. Nope, not not a whole lot there. That's that's pretty sad. Um, thank you everybody for listening to this episode. Thank you to the patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week for uh, continuing to support the episode. If you're interested in exclusive podcast access to our Discord or the ability to force Chris and I to watch some dumb shit TV show that you want us to talk about, <laughs> patreon.com slash monster of the week is the place to do all of that and more. We will be back next week with more supernatural. Uh, with the tagline Charlie returns from Oz see you next week everybody and again thank you for listening Mr. Worldwide. <clears throat> Hello, thank you for referring to me by, you, my, my, by my given Christian name. You, you really earned that given Christian name this week. You, since the last time we've spoken, I mean, you've been all over the damn place. You've traveled to multiple time zones. I have. Yes, I went to um, Houston, Texas. I went to San Francisco. I went to Portland. And then I went to Houston. And now I'm back home. That's so many. That's several places. That's at least three different places. Maybe four. If you, so, if you count them. Houston. Houston doesn't really count as a place, though. It's just more of a like a shit stink. No, people. Houston's fine. <laughs> How you feeling? I'm good. Uh, I am. I don't sleep well when I am out when I travel. Like mm-hmm. this has been a new thing for me in the last couple of years, where I just I kind of toss and turn, and I do that thing where you 
wake up every hour and like or like is it time to get up oh no it's not and then you like yeah you finish that finish the evening like thinking like oh i'm not i haven't had any sleep whatsoever um you didn't bring your gamer blanket with you did you i didn't bring my gamer blanket my comfy comfy gamer security blanket you gotta have a gamer blanket i know you probably don't even you live in louisiana when do you even need a a gamer blanket that's what you're (laughs) telling yourself right now well crank that ac buy yourself a gamer blanket and then when you go on trips and you stay in new places you'll have that gamer blanket It'll give you that gamer musk, that scent that it has kind of just inherited from you, and you'll feel like you're you're safe at home, and you'll sleep like a baby. Whew. Speaking of gamer musk, wow. Me and Cole, uh, who I was sharing an Air- Airbnb with after the... After all, if people don't know, I guess I should say this. If somehow you have missed my Twitter for the last week or so, or you just don't know anything about this, uh, I did a bunch of live podcasts this weekend with some buddies over at the Duck Feed Network um, called Duck Fest, and we did about eight hours worth of shows. Um, and then, like, I was, uh, I had a costume change in the middle of it, so I, I was wearing one shirt, and um, I had been running around, and I'm trying to help out. There's no air conditioner that I can air conditioning that I can tell in the theater. Um, or if it is, it was it was extremely not strong. Uh, so by the time it's ready, it's time for me to change into Cyclops. I was like, oh yeah, I brought my X Men shirt, and I'll just change back into my other shirt, so I don't wear this X Men shirt all day. By the time I took my normal shirt off, drenched in sweat, just just Uh-oh. fucking just drenched Uh-oh. in sweat. So I just stayed with the Cyclops thing. But after the show, me and Cole like both went back to the B and B. We both took showers. We both got something to eat, and then we went to the meetup. Um, I think, and look. There's some of our listeners that were there, and I'm not. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I don't want to impugn anybody, right? Um, mm-hmm. But boy, you get just a, a n- bunch of nerds in the same place, all drinking and sweating, playing mm-hmm. video games. It's a gamer musk, Chris. <laughs> the gamer musk. It's like a cloud that that hangs over everything. Um, I mean, that's how it's been every time I've gone to a convention, like PAX yeah. East or whatever. Mm-hmm. PAX East, especially, it just feels like like it's that's not really like a cosplay place. I've been to Anime Boston, which is like, that's some stink. That's the first time I'd ever been faced with that real stink in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so many people in costume, and it feels like they, they're they hygienic, because they had to put a lot of effort into what they've done. Um, not always, but there's usually some hygiene involved there. But then, you go to a place like PAX, not a lot of people are dressed up. Everybody is in is in a t-shirt from Think Geek, and yes. it's just, they all mm-hmm. have the same exact body odor. And it's... It's a lot. I mean, you're contributing to it too. When you're there, yeah, yeah, you're part absolutely. of that must. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't want to. I, I want to stress that. Like, I was. We were at a. Um, we were at a place called Quarter World in Portland, uh, which was an extremely cool like bar slash arcade. Um, they have they had a live DJ. Uh, Gary had reserved like this lounge area for us, and they had um, made like themed cocktails based on the name of some podcast, which was kind of funny. Oh, cool. Um, I think the the only one that actually had a funny name was Bonfire Cider Chat, <laughs> um, and then like the one for Watch Out for Fireball was just like a glass of Fireball whiskey, and I'm That's like, oh, okay, cool, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just a, it was a bunch of people all squished together in one place, and I, I definitely was contributing to the overall uh, Duck Fest gamer musk. But yeah, yeah. So I mean, the the more you stink, the less you smell, and the less you stink, the more you smell. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, I get you. The less you contribute to that overall scent, the more you the unfortunately the more are I'd going experience to have to. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it was it's a lose lose situation, really. Uh, there were a couple of like Monster of the Week fans over there. A couple of people told me to tell you hi. Um, oh hi. We, we saw a friend of the show patches. 
Um, several other people uh, that um, that I don't think is on the that are on the Discord or anything like, but it came up and were like, "Hey, Monster of the Week is great." Uh, one guy specifically was like, "I am never going to watch Supernatural. I am only experiencing it through the <laughs> through, through Monster of the Week. I'm never going to watch the show." And, I, and Patches was like, "Well, you should watch it because you're missing the greatest actor of our generation." And the guy was like, "No, I'm not going to watch it. Like, I'm just I listen to the podcast and I'm fine." Um, Patches putting it up for Jensen Ackles. <laughs> seriously. Um, I'm trying to think of of what else that would be us related that people might want to hear. Yeah. It, I mean, it was just fun. I did, uh, there were two guest podcasts. Uh, one that, uh, was just extremely funny where the concept is you, you pull three cards out of a deck and, um, there's stuff like they're basically like movie tropes. So like body swaps mm-hmm. or Muppet machinations and things like that. And you use those three tropes and you create a pitch for a movie. Okay. Um, that was extremely funny. One of Cole's was, uh, like mighty ducks, um, except it's like the distant sequel. It's like 20 years later and Emil- everyone's trying to save Emilio Estevez who has body swapped himself into his <laughs> girlfriend somehow. <laughs> uh, but she's now he's in like he's, but he's put himself in the, the fetus that his girlfriend was carrying or something. I don't know. It was fucking crazy. Jeez. Um, but it was hilarious. I was, I was, I was just cackling in the aisles. And then, um, I guess did on something called spec script and, uh, I want to I want to go look up this podcast because it seems like it'd be really funny. So the concept for Spec Script is they get a writer to write an episode of a TV show that they've never they've never seen before. Um, so in our case, this was Duck Dynasty. Uh, this <laughs> Duck Dynasty was narrated by Werner Herzog, um, <laughs> and it was a was a story about all of the ducks finally um, banding together to form a revolution to kill the duck dynasty people. So uh, I played one of the, one of the duck dynasty guys and also the ghost of Jean Lafitte, the pirate Jean Lafitte. (laughs) Um, And that was really fun. Like, and they get people to do all of the, the roles and everything. Apparently they have done supernatural. Uh, I was talking to the, the woman that wrote the script for duck dynasty. Uh, um, No, I'm sorry. One of the women that played in the cast with me, um, she was we got to talk about podcasts and she's like yeah um we've done every single episode of saved by the bell and like nobody asked us to but we did it and i'm like yeah yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I that's that's a similar vibe like i know i know that jam <laughs> nobody asked me to do supernatural but i she's like oh yeah but here we are <laughs> yeah yeah um but that's that was a lot of fun like just being able to bring out the redneck accent was was really fun so yeah it was embracing a, the um a good time. the whole the whole duck of the affair of the um yeah, there was a lot of because I don't think these podcasts like uh, Gary had guessed it on Spec Script before. Uh, I think he had seen Pitch Please, which was the movie pitch thing. Um, but I don't think that like they really knew anything about duck feed, so they just like really hung on to the duck thing. Um, <laughs> so like I think that's where the Duck Dynasty thing came from, and like there was a lot of quacking in the Duck Dynasty episodes. So like you know you have a narrator who's reading like the basically stage direction or whatever, and it's like and you know. All of the mini ducks that gathered, you know, quacked in their enthusiasm, and then like like five people on microphones were like quack 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 quack. <laughs> I guess there are worse things to like be accidentally associated with. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I mean, it's it's <laughs> fine. It was just it was just really funny. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it was it was a good time. Portland's a weird a weird city, my man. Have you, ever, you you've never been over there, right? Of course, I've never been yeah, to yeah. Portland. Um, uh, Patches was like, sh- we should get. I've seen every episode of Portlandia. <laughs> Patches was like, we should get Chris out here, and I was like, Chris doesn't travel. I was like, you should get Chris to travel, and I'm like, mm, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to take this show to him one day, maybe. Yeah, like that'll be about you. the only way. Um, 
they don't serve you water in restaurants in Portland. That like was, at all? That was that was my that was my weirdest thing. Uh, You're they, not allowed to have water. They just have like like a water dispensary like set up with some cups beside it, and you just go get yourself some like at every restaurant. At, uh, like restaurant, every bar arcade I went to. Wow. Every single place I went to, it was like there's some water over there. Um, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It was it was very strange. Most of the places I went to didn't even have like waiters and waitresses. It was just like you order your food, you pick up your food, and then you like do something with the uh, dishes after you're done. Like there's a spot for you to drop off your dishes or whatever. Um, and I didn't. I mean, like I didn't go to a lot of fancy. I'm sorry. I did go to one fancy restaurant, um, and that was like just a normal restaurant. But like most of the places I ate weren't like that. Uh, the water thing really got me there. Like I got home last night and I was like, "Fuck yeah, ice water!" And I was like, "I'm about to have some water." Did they not have ice in Portland? I was like, "No, <laughs> <laughs> they didn't." <laughs> they also didn't have air conditioning, and so now I know how you feel all the time. Yeah, it sucks. You just you just feel awful. It sucks. I um, um I was. I walked around a little bit and had lunch and then I came back to the Airbnb and I was kind of hot and sweaty and I was sitting in the uh, living room and I was just like playing around on my computer doing some preparation for the, for the show. And, uh, I was like, why am I not getting any cooler? Like, why do I, why am I still sweating? I was like, Oh yeah, because there's no fucking air conditioning in this room. There's only a, there's a window unit upstairs. You need to go there. So yeah. Damn. Sweaty gamers. Sweaty gamers. I've been. I mean, I've been. I've been doing a lot of. I've been doing a lot of gaming, not a lot of sweating. Okay. Um, I. I'm trying like compared to your wet and wild weekend. I all I did was play video games. Basically, me and Jess hung out a little bit. Um, we had to go to a cookout with my family, and which was fine, but it just feels like it just sucks up the weekend. And I'm like, oh wait, it's Monday now. Like, thankfully we have the day off today because it's a long weekend. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's still it's it's, it's a weird vibe. I played a lot of Bloodborne though. Haven't played Bloodborne. Like for real, for real, since 2015. Okay. Um, I've started a bunch of new games. N- never made any progress in them. Like three hours here, or there, whatever. This most recent game, I had seven hours in. Nice. Um, good job. Because I, I don't remember. I think I started originally because I wanted to do the DLC. I wanted to do Old Hunters, but I knew wherever I was on my new game plus game, I was like, I'm not gonna try and like figure all that shit out and do this. Like, I'll just start. I'll start fresh. Um, so I did that and I, I played, I, I did a couple bosses. I did some chalice dungeons with a uh, friend of the show, Patty. Um, and then I just never, I never played it again. That was probably two years you ago. And, you point. and, you and Patrick Stardust played Bloodborne yeah. together. We did some gaming together. He are, ran me through. Are you serious? I'm so jealous yeah, he, right now. I would have liked to. He ran me through some chalice dungeons and we just, we just talked some shit. We played for like two hours one afternoon. We I, had a great little time. Guess my invite got lost in the mail in because my mail was forwarding to Portland or something. Yeah. I, that was several years ago, Jeremy. That wasn't this oh, weekend. Oh, I thought that was this week. I was like, that's no, weird. No, 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 no. This was years ago. No, no, no. So, although we should, we should try to make that happen. Um, anyway, I hadn't played in forever. I load the game up the other night and I, I don't remember how to do anything. I have like Sekiro instincts. So I'm trying to like block and like deflect shit. I'm like, oh, this isn't good. This isn't going to work. Uh, it took me a long time to figure out how to heal. You'd think that would be something I'd remember. No, um, no, it's a dedicated but button. <laughs> it's weird. I, yeah, I played, I played Bloodborne in 2015 when it came out. It, it, Really, really was bad at it at first, so I quit for a few months, came back to it, and then I beat that game in like the span of like a week and a half. And I had thirty-seven hours apparently into New Game Plus. That was all I all I had on Bloodborne, um, which was not not a lot of time. It's not a lot of time at all. 
But The Witcher came out and I got really into that. Jess and I had just started dating around then too, and she got really into The Witcher. So that just kind of became like my thing for six months was just playing The Witcher with Jess all the time. Um, and yeah, Bloodborne just sort of like became a thing that I, I apparently have mostly forgotten about. Anyway, I start back up now trying to figure out how to play. Still not really sure. I stumble into fight uh, Vicar Amelia, um, which is what maybe like the fourth, fifth boss, something like that. It's not too far in. Mm-hmm. Um, go in expecting trouble, but then I beat her on my first try. So I thought, oh, OK, we're getting the hang of things here. I roll along. I did the, um, what is it, Char- uh, Hem- Hemwick Charnel Lane or whatever that place is called. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that was an optional area, but I, I guess it is. Um, I ran in that direction. It, it, I mean, it is if you don't want to um, like put any runes in your weapon to make them better uh, or gems okay. or whatever. Like you, I okay. think that's what you. Well, get from interesting. That boss, you so. should say that. Interesting. You should say that. So I went, beat that boss, got that thing, so I could upgrade. Um, and then I just kept going. I had to look up where to go next because I couldn't remember. It's been too long. Found out where to go next, been moving through the areas. Now I'm at ROM, and I was texting you yesterday being like, man, I remember fighting this boss once. I went in, thought, whoa, this is cool. This is a cool setting. There's spiders everywhere. I'm on, like, the surface of a lake or something. It's very majestic and and spooky and cool. And I beat it in one try, and that was it. It was like 45 seconds of my life, and it was over, you know? And then I watched the cool cutscene after, and I was like, oh, man, I'm in, like, Bloodborne Part 2 here. This is exciting stuff. And now I'm fighting ROM, and I can't. I can't do anything. I'm like, what? Why am I suddenly so bad? I'm not doing any damage with my weapon. Did it break? I, I go to try and fix it. And I, I just don't understand. I think, okay, I guess I'll go grind or something. I don't know what to do with this game. Like, well, I, I lost it. I lost my gamer skill. I thought I was doing okay. I took down Vicar Amelia like it was no big deal. Now I can't beat this big fat spider. And I'm, I'm feeling like a poser, a poser gamer. Uh, I believe I typed in our Discord that, like, after Sekiro, I can, do, I can defeat anything. None of these bosses beat shit now that I've beaten get each row 17 times um <laughs> boy but that was false a, yes but that was false and um i i just fell asleep last night pretty early uh because like i said we went to the cookout with our parents with my parents we got our drank on so we were we were slipping into some snoozes at like 9 30 last night I but i'm it. like wait i, get, I, I gotta it. stay awake for a little while i'll play some bloodborne she ended up waking up so we were able to like watch some tv and like spend some time together which was nice regardless playing some bloodborne about to turn it off i've i've died against rom like two more times and i was like okay i'll, I'll go grind tomorrow I'll, I'll spend some time doing this and then i went back to the hunter's dream see if i could level up i didn't have enough to level up yet no big deal and then i i just i happened to notice oh shit i haven't upgraded my weapon at all i haven't mm-hmm. put any of those gem the blood gems in or whatever mm-hmm. i haven't done any of that shit so i went and did all of that shit upgraded all my weapons and and all that fun stuff and I haven't gone back to Rom yet, but I did go back to like that area to Bergenworth and just started fucking slicing through shit. I go, oh, okay. <laughs> I see that was the problem. <laughs> it was me not doing any fucking damage because I ha- I forgot to upgrade. I took seven years off for the last time I played this game. I forgot to upgrade. So hopefully I'll have some more success later today. That'll do it every single time. <laughs> and I feel like I finally understand a little bit more of what's going on in Bloodborne. Like the first time I played it, 0.0 idea of what the plot was what i was doing who anybody was i just went okay i gotta get to the next area and kill more shit um and now i know about well i i, I know enough about the healing church and the, these people are trying to uh find enlightenment or whatever through blood and these people are trying to find it through insight and like okay there's something going on i can figure it out 25 years late to the party but here i am yeah i mean people are still playing bloodboard man yeah yeah 
like me, like you. Uh, there's a, <laughs> like there's me. a big there's there's a lot of there's a, Bloodborne is still very very active. Like I'm I'm attached to a couple of Bloodborne communities that are like full of people still playing and doing stuff in Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. So I get it. Still, there's still lore videos it. coming out. Like you know, Richie and Sin are still like I mean talking about you know how Ludwig killed Maria. And so you know, yeah, get, one get one just it. popped up in that guy Lance. Yeah, McDonald. Uh, mm-hmm. Um. I've seen him on Twitter like a bunch of times, like retweeted and stuff like that, but had never seen any uh, videos until one popped into my YouTube feed uh, two days ago. So um, I think I'm going to start working my way through this shit. Yeah, they're good. His stuff is really good. The um, My favorite of his so far has been the, uh, and he's done this with, I think, Sekiro and Bloodborne now, the um, enemy control mod. So he's, he, made, he basically just hacked the game so that you can point... Like you point, you lock onto an enemy and then hit L three R three, and then you're controlling that enemy for a while. It's super cool. Hmm. Yeah, it looks really neat. But he's done he's done all sorts of stuff. He's done a ton of cut content stuff, like all of the real early Bloodborne stuff um, that was coming out. He did a bunch of stuff for Dark Souls three, and um, him and uh, Pillbeam, Richard Pillbeam on Twitter, uh, they work together a lot to talking about stuff. It's really fun. <laughs> Um, yeah, I have a problem, which I've, you know, complained to you about a bunch of times where I, I let pe- the way people talk about stuff bother me. Like, mm-hmm. That's, that's not a people problem. That's a me. That's a Chris problem where I just will get, I don't know. I just, it don't like the way that people talk about stuff sometimes, which doesn't make any sense. Like when people get too excited, I go, man, I can't get into this. All these people are so excited. I just can't get into it. It's like a weird, like mental block. And now I think I could, I did that with Bloodborne forever where everybody loved it so much. And I'm like, man, I can't even like, I can't remember that. I clearly don't feel the same way that they do. Now I'm just annoyed because I feel like I'm, I'm missing out on something, but I don't give a shit. But then like, I actually do secretly give a shit. I cause a lot of problems for myself. <laughs> a lot of unneeded problems for myself. I did the same thing with Supernatural back when I was on Tumblr. Everybody would talk about it so much. And I'll be like, shut up, shut up. I just want to. And now I'm doing a podcast about it. So yeah, it's, um, I was talking to Gary, uh, and, uh, or and we were, we were talking about me and Gary were talking with a group of guys. Um, and, he said something to the extent of like, yeah, like Ger- Jeremy knows, like I'm, he's just better at Twitter than I am. And I, and I, 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 and I like looked around cause I was, the, I was talking to somebody else and I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, you know, you just don't care. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You let things bother you. You shouldn't do that. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those. Yeah. yeah. That's, just don't let that just, shit. I just, you. I let shit bother me mm-hmm. stuff, but it's not even like people are being like assholes. It's just me being an asshole. I have, I have a negative reaction to things that, that don't need a negative reaction. That's a. That's a me problem I gotta work on. Yeah, it's it happens. I mean, like that that like reverse psychology thing of somebody being like, "Oh man, this is so fucking good," you're like, and you're like, "No, I'm not, I'm never gonna listen to it. Uh, I'm just never gonna bother with it. I'm just never gonna." And then yeah. you finally like do it or listen to it or play it, and you're like, "Oh, you go, fuck, oh this shit, is so good, <laughs> fuck, I love this." <laughs> they were all I've been right. talking shit this whole time. <laughs> I should have been listening to Radiohead 1992. <laughs> <laughs> I could have been so cool. Could have been OG. <laughs> I've tw- listened to Nickelback this whole time instead. <laughs> oh man uh a lot of weird music i don't i don't take a lot of lifts very much like Mm -hmm. ubers or whatever and um a lot of weird music and lifts and ubers and yeah just very strange just you know get into a car and like you know you've listened to a lot of nickelback and ubers this week uh well like the one 
It was um, it's that some My Chemical Romance song about a parade or something, the Black Parade or something. The Black Parade, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that was on, and like me and Cole were in this vehicle. It was just like the Black Parade, and then it switched to like I think it it was something to the equivalent of Nickelback without being Nickelback, right? Like it was Nickelback equivalent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, okay, yeah. <laughs> it was just a lot of like stuff like that, which I'm sure is just like the only time that I enjoyed it. Um, not enjoyed it, but the only time that I, th- I thought, oh, this is interesting, was uh, when I got in, this dude was just straight up listening to classical music. And I was like, fuck, okay. is, I haven't done this okay. in a long time. This is great. <laughs> Maybe he's got like kind of like a weird, like a really niche uh, taste in music, and he didn't want to like show that to people. Like, yeah. so my coworker recently asked me, he's like, oh, so like, what have you been listening to? Because he's always telling me to listen to these songs, like songs that you just hear on the radio all the time. And I go, yeah. Yeah, okay, man. Like, I'm Have you ever heard of cool. Cats in the Cradle, like, man? It jams. Like, it's like, yeah, it's kind of stuff like that. But I'm always like, yeah, I know, I know that song, whatever. You know, I just try to just just talk with him, whatever. Um, and he asked me like, what I've been listening to. And I've just been listening to this band called Elven King, who I've talked about before, which is like this Italian... Uh, like fantasy folk Chris, metal band. You, you don't have to explain Elven King. Like the words yeah. Elven King get across right, exactly right. what that band you is. You know exactly yeah. what type of music it is. And it's I got, like I've it's never the, heard the, heard this band, and I've never mm-hmm. seen any of their stuff. I know exactly what their first album art looks like. Like I could just yeah, picture absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, like we, me and, and Steve and Dylan, we all were really into it when we were like you know fifteen years old or whatever. Um, but and, and they they keep putting out albums, and I keep listening to it. I'm always like, yeah, this I like. I love this. I don't listen to any other band or anything in this genre of music in any way, shape, or form. But this one particular band, I've just grabbed onto it, and I've, and I've hung onto it for all these years. Uh, and they just released an album on Friday, so my coworker asks, what are you listening to? And I say, well, <laughs> I'm looking through like my recently added music on my phone, and I'm like, fuck, I can't tell them about all this. Like, <laughs> just like just weird, just either like from video games or like random ass like songs that I've just like grabbed. I'm like, what do, all right, what do I tell this dude? I tell this dude, I listen to the new Lana Del Rey. He won't know what that is. I'm like just going through and I go, finally, all right, well, this is a band called Elvin King. Let me just pick the weirdest fucking thing. I got, and I was um, just, I got so like self-conscious about my music taste all of a sudden. I had a really frustrating experience, speaking of Lana Del Rey. Uh, I downloaded, I like... I don't. I don't ever download stuff on Spotify because uh, it's never really that big of a deal. I fly so very rarely in my life; like it's mm-hmm. never a big deal to not have internet service. Um, but I, the, the new Lana Del Rey album came out, and the new Tool album came out, and I wanted to listen to both of them on the plane. Um, so I, I, I just like there's a button that says download, and like I clicked it, and I just assumed that it would go through and download all of the the tracks. Mm-hmm. And it absolutely does not. <laughs> like I got on the plane and I was like, "Time for some Lana," and like plugged my headphones in and opened up the app and it was like, "You need internet access." I was like, mm, "Do I?" And then I like Oof. went to the album and it was like, "Oh yeah, you haven't downloaded these yet." And I'm like, "What? What? What were you waiting for?" <laughs> like this is Sunday. I, t- I hit this on Friday. That's so annoying. Yeah, it was super dumb. I did not like. <laughs> So instead of you listening to music, I had to send you fan fiction to read. Do you want to talk about this? So, uh, yeah, I mean, you tell me because I, I had, a, I, I had I, a, an extremely long flight yesterday. So, uh, Portland to Houston is like four hours or something. Um, about an hour and a half into it, I realized that the plane does have Wi-Fi. So I, I jumped on the Wi-Fi and I was able to like text people, but literally, like, I could not look at Twitter. I couldn't open a web page. The only thing I could do was text people. So I. Um, as I joked with Brian Wade, I like I was going to text all of my second cousins that I hadn't texted in a long time, just something <laughs> to do on the plane that wasn't you know reading the book I was reading. Um, 
And I texted you that, and I, and you were like, "This is this is a lot of pressure to entertain somebody." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah." And you can't use images; you only can use text. And what what were your search terms when you when you? I went like this like out? one like one second. I I just wrote Destiel fanfic, and then because um, I'm I'm at the cookout with my family. I'm sitting next to Jess, and she's like, "You texting your fucking boyfriend again?" Um, <laughs> dope, dope. But, um, Thank you, Jess. <laughs> um, so yeah, because I'm not involved in the conversation anymore. I'm like, hold on, I'm doing research. This is important. Destiel fanfic. I immediately like the first thing that comes up. I don't know why. The um, fact that you went to fucking f- cookout while while you were doing that. I figured you were just sitting on your dead ass, like watching no. Netflix or something. Jesus no. Christ! A beer in one hand, phone in the other, scrolling for Destiel fanfic, and I thought, let me find something fun. And there was like I scrolled just a little bit, and I see this one pop up. It was on fanfiction.net, um, and it's called Tigers. Oh my! And it's a uh, a Destiel fanfic, except uh, Sam Dean and, and Castiel are all tigers. And I just thought, the imaginations on some of these people, these the creativity on these kids, this is the one. And so I just, I think, I don't know if I sent you the first chapter or whatever it was, but I oh, just you definitely I copied did. and pasted you definitely the did. first page, and mm-hmm. I just thought, here you go. And then I found it was only nine pages, so I thought, I'm sending all of it to Jeremy. <laughs> and you're, like, reacting, like, saying stuff, like, oh, I can't believe this. And then I found out, would be like, I haven't read any of this. Yeah, yeah, this about an hour of this goes on, like everybody. <laughs> an hour of this happens where I am literally, and again, trapped in a plane. Like, I'm kind of bored. I just finished a book. I didn't really want to start a new book. Like, I was in that weird phase. Um, I was also kind of drunk. Like, I'd had, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd had, like, a Bloody Mary and two beers at the at the bar before getting on the plane. So, like, I, was, I wasn't, I was like, like super drunk or anything. I was just kind of okay. tipsy. You're not yeah. sauced, but... Yeah, yeah, feeling. yeah. Um, so, I wasn't really, like, feeling reading. Like, I wanted to... Really, what I wanted to do was shitpost on Twitter, but that was not available to me. Uh-huh. Um so like he sends me this and I read it and I'm like I can't believe Chris found this and read through this like not again not knowing for an hour until now that he was <laughs> not reading this whatsoever and it's literally like extremely I hate to see badly written but it was obviously a very amateur effort like it wouldn't surprise me if this was this person's like first you know written thing or if they were just super young like I, again I don't want to call it bad just it just wasn't very good uh, and <laughs> it's literally like Sam and Dean as tigers like played around and then this white tiger appears this pure white tiger and dean like it even says it in the text like dean falls immediately in love and and he's like and he was very concerned because he realizes that's not a female tiger and i'm like wow okay Uh jesus all right Uh um and then like the next chapter and of course that's castiel if if, if nobody can figure that out um for some reason like they they the writer goes out of, out of their way to justify Castiel's name. They're like, he's from the Caspian Sea, so everybody calls him Caz. It's like, I mean, what? Okay, why do we call the the gold tiger Dean? Is he is, is, is he from Daenerys? Is that what we're doing? Um, and I don't. I was I was reading the. I was kind of skimming these, but uh, eventually Castiel gets kidnapped by um, Meg, who is a human. Ooh. And Dean is very upset, and he goes yeah. to try to rescue her. Uh, eventually, Dean breaks in to Castiel's prison, but gets captured himself. Uh, Meg text takes Dean to Charlie, uh, and is like, uh, "This female tiger, uh, like, tried to get in and break break Castiel out." And and Charlie's like, "I hate to break it to you, but this is no female." And Meg says, "How do you know?" <laughs> Like it's like Charlie. Charlie turned Dean over. It's like those are balls. Like, oh, okay. Why? 
<laughs> sure. <Why? laughs> Thanks, Charlie. And Meg's like, oh. And at this point, um, this was around the time that you told me that you weren't actually reading these, and then you sent me like three more, <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I was I- like, I'm just finishing it off. If I'll, f- I'll send the rest. You know what? I'm I'm probably not going to read these. So I. Uh, so we don't know how it ended. No, we don't know how it ended. Uh, there was some. Oh. There was some. There was something about uh, uh, the the director the wanting Castiel because it was the last White Tiger or something. So I don't. Oh. I don't know. I don't know what happened in the rest of it. Drama is what happened. I know um, I sent, I told Autumn about this situation and I said, you know, this, this is what's going on. And she, she immediately sent back, show us the pause. And I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. And then I sent her the, the first chapter. Pause. I, I sent her the first chapter and she's like, I no longer want to see the pause. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. That's My fair. favorite part was as I'm going through like copy and pasting and I just kept seeing that Dean would say fuck. Yeah, absolutely. As a tiger, mm-hmm. which is fun. They would just talk in, in normal, you know, tiger language, but with superhuman cuss words. Um, I think I think Dean definitely like uses the word bitch towards women characters and that even though he's a tiger and shouldn't do that, but whatever. It's not even able, one thing if they were dogs, right? Sure, yeah. <laughs> or you said it's accurate. Or whores of Babylon, right? Yeah. Right, 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 right. This feels like a good time um, to transition into an actual supernatural podcast. Yeah, should we do the podcast? Okay, we'll do the podcast. <laughs> 